Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. in God's shoes. God is his father, right? Put yourself in God's shoes. That, I mean, at a point in time you thought he was lost. In fact, you thought he might give up. He may not hold on to the end. Because the Bible says, because of your sin and my sin on him, what did God do? He turned his back on him because God is too holy to do what? To behold iniquity. He turned his back on him. Say, oh, and I, made I kept saying, I, I hope he doesn't give up. I hope he doesn't give up. Did he give up? So how happy do you think God will be on that morning, that Easter morning? That, I mean, nation, I mean, nature was transformed. The history of mankind was changed. Hope, I mean, despair gave way to hope. And I want to tell someone here today, brethren, I don't know what your problem is. But I want to give you an assurance. Everybody has a problem. Is that not so? Everybody. When you think your own is the greatest, if we have a problem testimony, when you hear somebody else's problem, you say, ah, eh, I thank God. Even if you say it grudgingly, tell somebody, cheer up. Jesus is alive. He came from heavens to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My death to pay From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky Lord, I lift your name on high Lord, I lift your name on high Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you reign my love. I'm so glad you came to save me. Your name on I 
Lord, I leave your name on high. Adonai, Adonai, we worship, we worship you, Son of God, Son of God, you are so Almighty God, Almighty, Almighty God, Hallelujah. I love you, It's forevermore. I Father, we thank you for this morning. We lift your name on I. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you continue to do. Father, be glorified in Jesus' name. Father, take control. Have your way. Let none of us live here the way we came. We love you, Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name. Let's have our seats. We all welcome to his presence. We all welcome to his presence. Alex, if we need to put on the fan, I don't know, but if. Amen. 
Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 8. Luke 24, from verse 1 to verse 8. Luke 24, from verse 1 to 8. Amen. Amen. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered unto the hands of, the, of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day rise again, and they remembered his words. Amen. Amen. This morning, for a few minutes, my discussion with us is what I titled, What Was He Doing? What did I say? What was he doing? And when I say he, I'm talking about Jesus. You see, the Bible tells us that he was three days and three nights in the earth. Modern day celebrations, would they tell us he was crucified on Friday and he rose up on, the, on Sunday morning. That's not to three days. That's probably maybe one and a half day or something. But Jewish scholars make us to understand that there's something called the High Sabbath. And by their calculation, he was crucified on Wednesday evening. And he rose up, of course, on Saturday, which is the normal Sabbath. And on Sunday morning, they went, the first day of the week, and they saw that the tomb was empty. And that tomb is still empty. Tell somebody the tomb is still empty. So the question I'm asking us is, what was he doing? And I have three things I have highlighted this morning, and then we are going to pray. The first thing we know he did is that he went to paradise for an experience in the third heaven. He did what? He went to paradise for an experience in the third heaven. And he did not go alone. If you remember very well, do you remember who he went with when he went to paradise? That first day. He went with that thief on the right hand. Because he told the man, he said when? Today. He didn't tell the man after three days. So. He said today you will be with me in paradise. So that man was the first fruit of his dead. He took him to paradise. So that's the first thing we, we know he did. Luke 23. Luke 23 from verse 40 to verse 43. The Bible says that's the order, that's the thief on the right hand answered, rebuking the one on the left saying, does not thou fear God since thou art in the same condemnation? 
and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today, when? Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. So that was the first thing he did. The moment he gave up the ghost, we know he went to paradise. And he went with that man. Paradise is a place of fellowship with God in the third heaven. You know, when you go through the scriptures, there is a first heaven, which is actually what we call the sky. There is a second heaven, which is the seat of, I mean, that's where the devil and his, and his co-hosts try to intervene or interrupt some things that are coming from the third heaven, the seat of the living God. So you look through the scriptures, you see those three heavens mentioned. The first heaven, the second heaven, the third heaven. But the Bible tells us that paradise is where is in the third heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2 to 4. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 to 4. He said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. This was Paul speaking. He said, whether in body, I cannot tell. Whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knew it. For such a one caught up to where? To the third heaven. And I knew such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell God no way. How that he was caught up into where? Paradise. And he had unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. The Bible makes us to understand that in this place called paradise, is a tree of life to which only those, only those that overcome have access. Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. Revelation 2 verse 7. Say, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is the means of the paradise of God. So in this paradise is a tree of life to whom only overcomers have access. You will overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. That second thief on the cross, by associating with Jesus, by taking the side of Jesus, he became an overcomer. So the question for you today is, are you on the side of Jesus? Whose side are you on? When Moses came, from the mountain. He asked the question. He said, who is on the Lord's side? It's only those who are on the Lord's side that will overcome, that will partake of that tree of life. Joseph overcame. True or false? When he made up his mind not to sin against God. In other words, you will overcome if you make up your mind to do what? To do what? Somebody is not with me today. Joseph overcame when he made up his mind that he will not sin. When he made up his mind that when you sin, you are not sinning against man. You are sinning against who? Against God. Genesis 39 verse 7 to 9. Genesis 39, the Bible says, his master's wife cast her eyes upon him. 
and said, lie with me. But he refused. And in verse 9 he said, there is none greater in this house than I. Neither had my master kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? See, brethren, the moment you realize that every sin is a sin against who? Then you will guard yourself so that you can be on God's side. So that you can be an overcomer. So that you will have, you will have an inheritance in this place called paradise. That was the first thing that Jesus did. He went to paradise and he took with him the thief on the right hand. I said there are three things I'm going to mention. The second thing he did was he preached to spirits in prison. He did what? He preached to spirits in prison. And in doing so, he demonstrated his authority over angelic and demonic beings. That's why the, the, the Bible says, he said, I am the Lord of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? What's the answer? There's nothing. That's why the Bible says, with God, nothing shall be what? Impossible. All things are possible with him. Jesus, we are told, in First chapter 3, 1 Peter 3, verse 17 to 22. 1 Peter 3, 17 to 22. He said, For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well doing than for evil doing. He said, For Christ also had once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Verse 19. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few that his eight souls were saved by water. Verse 21. The life figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Which is what we're making today. Who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made what? Subject unto him. He preached to spirits in prison. The Bible tells us at the beginning of that passage that Jesus suffered unjustly for sins he did not commit. That was, a, that was the fate of Joseph too. Joseph suffered in prison for sins he what? He did not commit. But there was a cause. And there are times that you and I are unjustly punished. If you have the right attitude and approach, you will come out victorious and elevated. I say you will come out victorious and elevated. The gospel was preached to the dead to give them the same opportunity as you and I have after the resurrection. And that's why we must be sober and prayerful, showing love to one another. Showing what? 
We must be sober and prayerful, showing love to one another. First Peter chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. First Peter 4, verse 6 to 8. The Bible says, For for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And verse 8 says, Above all things, have fervent charity. We know charity means love among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. In other words, if you love me, you will not be chronicling my errors. That's what that passage is saying. When it says charity will cover the multitude of sins. If you love your husband, you will not be writing down every, every, every error he commits. If you love your wife, you will not be putting down in your black book the every time she offends you. The Bible says charity, that's love, shall cover the multitude of sins. In, so, in other words, there will be sin. True or false? There will be sin. If you say there will not be sin, you are deceiving yourself. So that's why the Bible says, if we confess our sins, what happens? To do what? To forgive who? It doesn't say to forgive them. To forgive us our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brethren, there will be sin. There is no perfect husband. Oh, have you seen a perfect husband? Neither is there a perfect wife. You are going to make up your mind that my wife is perfect for me. Are we together? You will make up your mind that my husband is what? Is perfect for me. You will walk on his imperfections. And brethren, every man is a work in progress. Is that not so? You are improving one thing or the other from day to day. And the greater work in progress is what? The woman. Am I telling the truth or not? When our, I mean, some men are, most men, let me not say all men, most men are pretty straightforward. You, you can easily look at the man and guess where he's going. God help you. When you think you understand your wife, then she brings out a new joker. And you are back to the planning table. But once you realize that we are on a journey to eternity, we are perfecting one another. Is that not so? I'm working to make you better. And you are doing what? You are doing what? You are working to make me better. We are in a journey of mutual improvement. Then we are able to understand each other. Then we are able to forgive. Then the love in us will cover the multitude of sins. Then we can learn to do what? To forgive. Not only to forgive, but to do what? To forget. 
The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Number three. I said there are three things. The third thing he did was that he opened the graves. He did what? He opened the graves. And I know today some, there are some graves that are ripe to be opened. What is a grave? A grave is a place where you put what? Dead. Let's just say dead things. Whatever goes into the grave is dead. A, a grave is a place of finality, humanly speaking. But when God intervenes, what men have said is final. God says it is not yet final. That's why the Bible says, who has decreed? And it has come to pass. Except who? If God has not said so, any man that has said it is only talking. But when God says it is finished, then it is what? It is finished. But until God says it is finished, it's not finished. He opened the graves. Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Verse 50 to verse 54. Matthew 27, verse 50 to verse 54. The Bible says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was, read in, was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake, and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. So what are the things that happened there? Number one, the veil that covered the Holy of Holies was what? Was rent. Before Jesus died, there was a veil that prevented people from accessing the depths of God. They needed somebody to go in there and come and tell them. They needed somebody to go and stand in for them. I want to steal to somebody's life here today. Your limitations are rent in the name of Jesus. I said your limitations are destroyed in the name of Jesus. Because he lives. Because that partition, that limitation, that obstacle that is saying you cannot get to the next level, it is destroyed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever covers your glory and destiny is hereby torn down in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever prevents you from shining as God wants you to shine, I set those things on fire today in the name of Jesus. Amen. It was his voice. It was the voice of Jesus. That these hindrances had. And they began to give way. The Bible says he cried with a loud voice. You see, Jesus bodily died. He gave up the ghost. But you know what? That cry, that voice that he released is still working till today. That voice that was released on that day is still very effectual today. The voice is still alive, doing wonders in the lives of men. That voice will speak for you today. Amen. 
I said that voice will speak for you today. And that voice will give you victory today in the name of Jesus. That voice lifts gates and makes way for the king of glory. See, whatever was a, a hindrance between Jesus and his father, the moment he cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost, that pathway was created for him to be reunited with his father again. No wonder in Psalm 24 verse 7, that voice came forth and said, Lift up your gate, I mean your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. Not just the door of this church, not just the door of this house, but everlasting doors. In other brethren, there are some doors that are invisible. True or false? There are some doors you don't see with your eyes. Somebody was sharing a, uh, a do I call it a testimony with us, or a story about a church. And that particular church, they just noticed that some people will come to church and stay. And the people that were coming to church and staying were the people that were struggling. Now the people that could help the church financially, they will come to the church, they will not do what? They will not stay. So they noticed that pattern. And they began to pray. And as they began to pray, there was a woman in the church and the power of God caught up with her and she began to confess. What was her confession? There are two doors that lead into that church. The alternative door was a door created by the powers of darkness to which that woman belongs. So they stand at the entrance and when they see someone coming into the church, and they see that this one will benefit the church, they will make the person to come in into the alternate gate. And anybody that passes through that gate will not stay in that church. When they see that this one will not help the church, they will let, allow them to do what? Coming through the normal gate. What am I talking about? We are talking about I mean, the everlasting doors. Brethren, there are doors that are invisible. But there are invisible barriers. Every invisible barrier in your life, there shall be a divine lifting today in Jesus' name. Because this day is the day we are marking the resurrection. Whatever is hindering your promotion, there shall be a divine lifting in the name of Jesus. And once it is lifted up, there is no coming down. It's a permanent route for you to go through. And you walk into your own divine glory in Jesus' name. Say, lift up your heads, and the king of glory shall come in. And then those principalities had the audacity to begin to ask, who is this king of glory? I pray for you today. Whatever is challenging the authority of God in your life, they are terminated today in Jesus' name. Amen. Say, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. That's the Lord of hosts. He's a warrior. He's a fighter. He will fight for you. Amen. I say he will fight for you. Amen. See, brethren, if he did not fight, Jesus would have been buried and forgotten forever. Is that not so? But he had to come on. Say, this my son has paid all 
the price. Jesus did not just pay some of the price. He did what? He paid all the price. Not for himself, but to take us back from the bondage of the devil. And so he came true. So the king of glory wants to come in. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the king of glory. He will fight for you in Jesus' name. The Bible says in that passage, it says, there was a quake. What is a quake? A quake is a shaking. There was an earthquake. And this brought about an opening. It brought about what? So when Jesus was, uh, after he had died, they put him in the grave and they sealed the grave. And so in order for him to come out, of course, remember, if he had wanted to come out as a spirit, there was no need to move the, the there was no need to move the stone. But you see, he came out. That's why he went to the disciples and said, touch my hand. This is the part where the nails went into. That's why he went to say, give me bread. And they brought bread to him and he did what? And he ate. To tell them that a spirit does not eat bread. Is that not so? He resurrected in this human form. And then there's divine transformation. So there was a quake that brought about an opening. The stone was rolled away. That stone that is preventing you from moving forward is here by rolled away in Jesus' name. That stone that is saying you will not make progress is here by rolled away in Jesus' name. You will shake away every attack of the enemy in the name of Jesus. In the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel 37, there was a shaking. Ezekiel said in verse 7, he said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. Ezekiel 37 verse 7. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a word is shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. I speak to somebody's life here today. If you are still looking for your bone, because of a day like this, because of the noise that has got fall, because of the quake that has been released, you will find the bone of your bone in Jesus' name. Amen. You will find the flesh of your flesh in Jesus' name. Amen. In the next one year, you will have a testimony. Amen. I said you will have a testimony. Amen. I said you will have a testimony. Amen. Verse 8 says, When I beheld, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Verse 9. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the wind. Thus said the Lord, the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath. Breathe upon this slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came unto them. And they lived. And stood up upon their feet. An exceeding great army. I want to present to somebody's life here today. Whatever is dead in your life, whatever is dead in your situation, will receive the life of God in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Whatever the enemy has killed that God did not kill, I say receive life now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Whatever God has not planted in your life, whatever the enemy has planted in your life, I terminate in Jesus' name. Yeah. I uproot in Jesus' name. Ezekiel was told to do what? 
prophesy. And he prophesied. And I'm prophesying to someone here today. You will not live here the way you came. Amen. Your limitations are uprooted. Amen. Your failures are transformed. Amen. You've been failing before. Beginning from now, you begin to pass. Amen. You will be an example in success. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I've testified to, I mean, in this church before, concerning when I was doing my accounting exams, when I was in Nigeria, in God's own country, I was taking my exams, and there were four levels, four stages. I passed stage one, and I was happy. When I got to stage two, I failed it once. All my life, I've never failed until I started taking ICANN exams. Somebody will, somebody understands what I'm saying. So stage two, I failed once. Stage three, I failed twice. <laughs> when I got to the final stage, I so failed. That I made up my mind, I will not write the exam again. <laughs> yes. I, and, I mean, I was working in a very good accounting firm. So, if I don't pass ICANN exam, so that I can be a, a finance manager and all that, they, I, I, there were people in industry, they were looking for people like me. So, what did I do? I got a job in an oil company. As an account, I remember my boss then, he said, look, he said, your company where you are, they need you to pass exam. You see, I don't need you to pass exam. You are more than enough, just come. So I was no longer interested in writing the exam. But then my wife told me, just go ahead, write, write the, the, this one more time. And so I collected the form. And brethren, when I, there are four papers. If you don't pass all the four papers, you have not passed. So I did the first paper, financial accounting. It was terrible. It was terrible. So, but since I had to do the four, I I did the rest, but I was not looking forward to the exam. I mean, to the results. I didn't need the exam. As far as I was, I was concerned, then I didn't need it. And so, when the results came, I did not know. How can you be looking forward to failure? And when you know what the result will be, but one of my juniors. In our office in Lagos, I was in Panacot, called me and said, Ogafolari, congratulations. I said, what are you congratulating me for? And I said, you don't want to wash it for Wash what? Because I wasn't expecting it. Child, you don't know. I said, no one. He said, you pass now. You mean I pass? Brethren, I can tell you that God had to intervene for me to pass. <laughs> I don't know what he did. I don't know what the cutoff mark was. But I passed. <laughs> and I want to tell someone here today, you will pass. I say you will pass. In whatever way the enemy has tampered with your success, I terminate it today in Jesus' name. You are going to have a new song. There will be a change in testimony. You know that blind man in uh, John chapter 9? He said, one thing I know. Once I was blind, but now I see. Now I can say, once I failed, I struggled to pass the exams. I eventually passed them. <laughs> but you know, when I got to North America, I had to write exams again. But this time around, God was good. You know, like they say in the original language, when they said that God, uh, uh, he gives the glory to a lazy man. 
when I went to do the American CPA, then it was paper, you write the four exams you must pass. The people I went with, all of them did some preparatory exams. They spent thousands of dollars. I didn't do any. I didn't even know there was any. I just went to York University Bookstore. I bought a pack of four books and easy to study. Out of the four of us that went for the exam, I was the only one that passed. All the people that did Becker Conviser and all those funny things, they all had carryover. <laughs> Brethren, it is God. When he makes up his mind that your time is come, nobody can set you back. Nobody can put you back. And I have a word for someone here today, your time has come. Because of the resurrection of Jesus on a day like this, your time has come. Your confusion is written off. Your limitation is uprooted. Your story will change. It will give you a new song. The graves were open, brethren, and many came out. Everything that belongs to you that is in the grave, I command to come around in the name of Jesus. They buried it. They have said, we have completed the case of that person. Forget him. We have completed the case of that sister. And they won't even call sister. This, that one, forget her. But they are not God. So long as God has not said he has completed it, they are wasting their time. That is another addition to the wasted effort of the devil. Do you realize, brethren, that the devil is a perpetual failure, but he's never tired of failing. But in your life, he has failed. Amen. In your situation, he has failed. Amen. Every grave that has been erected concerning you shall not consume you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what the Bible says? Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. I love that passage. It says, he that digget a pit shall do what? Shall fall into it. Whoso breaketh an edge, a serpent shall bite him. Whatever grave has been done for you, you will not fall into it. Amen. I say you will not fall into it. Amen. You will not fall. Amen. You will not fail. Amen. Your song has changed today. Amen. That was part of what Jesus was doing those three days. So that you can have a new song. Amen. So that you can go to the enemy's camp and do what? Take back what he stole from you. Because when you want to take it back, you know, the question he asked in Psalm 24, in whose name, what are you going to say? In the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Wherefore, God has, won, has highly exalted him and given him a name above all names. That are the name of Jesus. And every tongue confess of things on earth. Things underneath the earth. Things in heaven. And Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Tell somebody Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over death. He's Lord over situations. He's Lord over circumstances. He's Lord over what you know. He's Lord over what you don't know. But the important thing is that word. Jesus is Lord. Let's bow down our heads, brethren. Let's bow down our heads. Jesus is Lord. He makes the difference. He makes the difference. 
Have you given your life to him? That's the only premise on which he can make the difference in your life. That's why he came to die. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man comes to the Father but what? But by me. If you've not given your life to Jesus, this is the opportunity. This is the time. This is the time for you to say, I want to start afresh. That's the essence of Easter. That's the essence of his death and resurrection. Are you in church today? You are not born again. You want to raise up your hand. We are going to pray together. Maybe you are online. You are watching us. You've not given your life to Christ. And you want to say, today, I give my life to you. Brethren, there's something called goody-goody. There are goody-goodies in the Lord. If only you key in to what he has done for you. Talk to him. He's your father. Maybe your own situation is not that you are saying, today, I want to be born again. Maybe your situation is like the man that says, I've wandered far away from God. Lord, I'm coming home. Maybe that's your situation. Brethren, come home and start afresh today. Come home and begin afresh with him. He said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. He said, thoughts of peace and not of evil. To do what? To give you an expected end. That's what he said. He has a wonderful, glorious, expected end for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you are giving your life to Christ online or in house, just say after me, just say, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I yield my life unto you. Come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Write my name in the book of life. And from this day onwards, let me sing a new song. A song of victory. A song of triumph. Wash my sins and make me whole. And let your blood avail for me going forward. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, I commit every one of your children in church today to your hands. You will touch this one. You will uphold them. Father, there shall be a divine turnaround. There shall be a new song. There shall be a new revelation. Your name and your name alone shall be glorified in the lives of these your children. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.